Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. My guest today, she is an urban farmer for Creative Arts Farm. She's a registered yoga teacher, also a singer and a musician, and a minimalism and sustainability educator, Miss Siri Larice. Siri, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Happy to be back. I'm really excited to talk to you because I'm very inspired by your lifestyle, by your career, by it started as a hobby and now it has become a a huge part of what you do and it has become one of your full-time jobs. And I love that. And I have always had an interest in agriculture, but I've never really had the space to do it. And so you really inspired me during the pandemic to start my little garden. And it's funny for the listeners, I do text her all the time, like, what am I doing wrong? Why are my flowers dying? What is going on with my lavender? And she's been so courteous to just help me out. But I want to know how you got into doing this because I think it is so cool. And I really wish that more people, because, you know, I've been vegan for 16 years, so I'm totally about all of this. But how did you, how did your interest in agriculture and gardening start? So it started 100 years ago and I didn't even realize it. (laughs) I already love this. (laughs) Yeah. So at the time, my first garden, I was living in Chicago. So this is a lifetime ago, circa 2005 to eight-ish. And I had just really started to embrace um, living only within the amount of space I needed. I was in Chicago, so it's expensive there. And so I was like, well, how much space do I need? Turns out I only need a studio apartment. Well, this is perfect. And it just really kind of clicked in me that I was doing too much, expecting too much of what I needed um, my basic necessities to be. And so I started spending more time volunteering at Green Fest. I eventually bought a house and it had a struggling little pumpkin and melon patch in the back. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is it. Like, I'm about to grow everything. And instead, I killed everything. <laughs> so. That point, I really had to look at like how am what I'm growing actually contributing to my well being and my life. And you know, as someone who relies on the industry as one of your means of well being, when you're not working, your basic necessities still need to be met. You still yeah. need to eat. Yeah. You still need to have a safe, accessible place to sleep. You still require movement within your body to have wellness, to get ready for the next job, the next audition, the next whatever. And so I really just looked at what are my basic needs? What are my skills and how can I utilize that as my well-being for myself and the people I love? And here we are now, 100 years later, and I'm an urban farmer and I'm teaching yoga and offering sound healing. So it's just, it's really just looking at what are my needs and that's it. Like that's the short answer is just really, what do we need? You make it sound so simple. (laughs) You do. And I love that. But I think what's funny also is because not many people after they have killed like the crops that they're growing would try again. They'd be like, well, I ain't got a green thumb. I'm gonna move on. Like I wasn't supposed to grow those melons, <laughs> you know, but you were like, no, I'm gonna figure it out. So I, I rock with that. I do think we have to find our plant love language, so to speak, figuring out what plants actually vibe with us. What is our soil like? What's our natural environment? What energy do we actually 
give off to our plants. And so there are some plants I don't fuck with because right. I, right. I find that like we just don't vibe. I right. like collards. I like stuff that's indigenous to BIPOC communities where I actually can get to know the plant. I want to know the legacy. I want to know how I'm contributing to that. And then I want to give that back to my community. So it's like I could grow hundreds of tomatoes, mm-hmm. but who, who's not? You know? Right, right. <laughs> I love that, that you find a connection between what you grow and like the history and the stories. Is there uh, a specific uh, product or a crop or a vegetable that you really feel in tune with? Like learning the history of it, or where it comes from. I'd love to hear the stories behind that. Yes. So our farm model basically is offering plants that are easy to propagate. So you can grow more plants off of that one plant and versatility is key. So what we offer to our community is tree collard varieties, which is a very unique variety of your standard like Georgia collard, but it grows 10 to 12 feet tall. It lives five plus years. It grows branches that are also 10 feet tall and you can cut them off and grow new plants. So all 15 of our collards were grown from two teeny tiny cuttings that we started four years ago that were gifted to us. And so tree collards above all is our main, it's our main staple. It's, it's the most important. It's versatility is insane. Um, Raw cooked. You can grow more plants from it. It's a big ass fan. If you're hot, like, I mean, it's really like, yeah, it's such a special plant. And I think collards in general are well known in BIPOC communities and mm, absolutely it, they're every holiday <laughs> every holiday girl non holiday here it's every day because right. we have so many and we're plant-based so it's like you're gonna right, get these right. colors somehow <laughs> but it's it's so cool to like look back that the the history is mostly Mediterranean and how it's gotten into black communities is because of its versatility because of how it can sustain in heat and in cold and give you more and more and more so colors mm-hmm. definitely resonate really strong um, with my family and our farm mission all together. It's, it's pretty strongly based on collards. I love that. So let's talk about creative arts farms. When did you come up with that name? And I know that you also are finding a really incredible balance and intersection between your love for music and your love for growing fruit and vegetables. So tell us how creative farms started. Okay. So about five years ago was when we sat down and we we're like, okay, let's do this. Let's get our business plan. Let's figure out how we can farm. I mean, we grew up in Iowa in farming communities, but honestly, black people are not getting farm education in Iowa. You know, so yeah. you're like, let's just be real. <laughs> yeah, it's not. And I get asked by, you know, friends from home and stuff, well, you had to go all the way to California to farm. Sure did, because I had not one single person trying to reach out, be a mentor, help me lead the way, say, this is what I'm doing. These are the crops that our people resonate with. Like nobody's growing black eyed peas, you know? And so I sat down and I looked at who am I as a person? What do I believe my gifted talents or skills or learned skills are? And how can I give that back to the community? And I know that I can't be on the road singing anymore. I can't, I can't be doing bar gigs anymore. That just doesn't align with my family values at this stage of life. And so 
I, I'm a musician and I'm a singer and I grow food and yoga is a big part of my wellness. Mm -hmm. And so when we looked at, well, what's our farm mission and what's important to community, we were like, well, what brings people together? Music brings people together. Food brings people together. Movement of all types brings people together. There's not one single community that doesn't meet amongst those three things. And we were like, that's it. That's it. So our farm mission is sowing seeds of wellness through music, farming, and yoga. The unifiers that we believe are like, that's the shit that people need. I don't care where you are. <laughs> right. You know, Those that's that's that the good stuff. Happy. Yeah. So about community. Yeah. Yeah. So about five years ago is uh when we got our business plan together. We were living in Long Beach at the time, and there were so many urban farms to visit and learn from and work with that really just helped us see what's available in Los Angeles, how strong the farming community is in Los Angeles. Uh, The plant-based community is so strong. The wellness community is so strong and often overlooked. There's a lot of Black people here doing it and getting it done. And so I just felt so supported that like, well, I can, I can do this now, even if I feel like I can't do this now, I have a really cool support system that's telling me, no, you can, (laughs) you know? And so for the past year, about, it's been almost a year that we've been full operational and I have been, my sole income has been creative arts farm. That is incredible. That's the dream, right? (laughs) Yes. I'm tired, girl. I'm exhausted. And like the dream is ever evolving and figuring out community needs versus familial needs is it's such a cool intersection of figuring out how to, um, how the two go together. Yeah. And so I would say that the pandemic was probably a blessing for you then. Because if that has been in the last year, that's probably when you kind of like, okay, this is the shift. This is when it's in many ways. Yes, I I found that right as everything shut down, I had just completed my yoga teacher training, and I was planning a huge in person event, and like I was I was like, (laughs) well, I'm clearly not doing that. I take things very serious, like. I'm a rule follower, you know what I'm saying? And then I do my my research and figure out. So if you tell me I should probably stay home, I'm going to probably stay home. So (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So I'm I'm curious though, because, you know, in, in a lot of industries, we do find that there is a struggle with intersectionality in general. So in the farming community, how have you battled that or how have you come up against it being a black female farmer? Like what have challenges have, have come your way because of that? So how candid can I I can Girl, go full speak, speed? Speak I can say, okay, speak truth. <laughs> so in some ways, I just don't fuck with those people. You know? And on many levels, even in Black communities, I am not Black enough mm. because I have a white spouse. <clears throat> My husband Which is we white. we talked so about. That's what he's been on the we show have. before. That we talked about. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, girl, when you throw that into being a Black female farmer in a community of people who are very pro-Black, almost to an anti-white push in some in some realms i most certainly am not black enough there mm. and the intersectionality even amongst our our own community can be really interesting to navigate you know mm-hmm. so i i i found that 
it's nice because people are pretty loud and proud where they where they sit on things. And so that helps me navigate and not fuck with those people. Yeah. And yeah. Like, because but also I get to a point where it's like you can only educate people so much. You can only say this. This is your lane. and This is not so. Right. Right. So much, you know, so I really try to navigate my fuckwits really specifically. I love that. Nice. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh my God, I need to put that somewhere. This is where I'm going to navigate. My Man, fuckwits. get it on a shirt. So, but like, that's a shirt. That's legitimately a shirt. That's so funny. So, okay, for you though, in general, your life is really centered around holistic living, sustainability. I already told you I was going to be nosy because you live in a 200 square foot house with your husband yeah. and, and and your son. So tell me how that can be. Because first of all, I'm obsessed with looking at like the tiny home community, by the way, because they're mind blowing how incredible they are. I was just telling my husband, I was like, can we just buy a tiny home so I can like escape if I need to? Like, <laughs> But tell me how that came about, like getting a tiny home. So I'm assuming it's on your farm, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. So we're in Los Angeles. We're in a standard residential neighborhood, like full, full regular big old houses. We're in the valley and we are, it's legal to have tiny houses in LA now. So if you want a tiny house, girl, pop a little tiny in your backyard and get you a little ADU bed B&B kind of situation. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but so what happened again, back to Chicago, if I can look, pause, if I could go back and tell how old am I? I'm going to be 40 and next week. <laughs> you, okay. Let me, I'm going to stop here before you even continue. Cause you already know what I'm going to say. The fact that you just said how old you are and the, how you look. <laughs> I just like every time I love when black people say how old they are, it like gives me so much joy because we do not look our age. We literally, we so cute. I mean, come on. Can we talk about the melanin? Like you look, you look maybe 31. Thank like, you. But seriously. And like, I just met with somebody and they were like, you're 34. I was like, I would have guessed, you know, maybe like 27. I was like, you can guess that. That's fine. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? But so I had to just pause that because black Thank does you. not crack. But I'm going to say also the life, Melinda, I yes. think when you're actually like within your calling, actually committed to whatever it is that your shit is, mm -hmm. it radiates through you, you That's know? So like for, for me, plant-based is the way I cannot cuddle and consume animals. I just can't do it. Same. It doesn't Same. resonate. It, it doesn't resonate with my heart, you know? Yeah. And when I look at that, that falls into so many different other areas of wellness and caring for life that it's yeah. just like, Oh, it's all the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. it's all the same. So tiny house back to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, I was living in Chicago. I was performing full time at Navy pier and also doing musicals. Mm -hmm. And I was in a band and I just felt like, man, if I ever want to go on the road, like when I come back, there's nothing to come back to because there's no leaving my apartment with my stuff in and trying to pay for it while I'm on the road in right. Chicago. And so this is again, early two thousands, the tiny house movement had just started. And I was like all eyes on HGTV. Like I was mm -hmm. like, this is it. I'm like, I could take my house with me. Right. I could right. have my cat with me. I can have all <laughs> of my music with me. You know right. me. Right. Yeah. So, so that's what it was, was recognizing I was already living in 600 square feet and it seemed like too much for just me. Mm. It, was, it was too much for just me. And so I thought, well, if, if 
that's a path I can get to. That would be great. And it took a long time to get to this point because legalities and figuring out how you can even live tiny because it's not really common, you know? And it really just was a path of figuring out what's needed and what is not. And when the time was right, I w- we were looking in LA and we were like, well, can we build a tiny house or do we want to find a tiny house that's existing to make sure we even like it? Yeah. Because what if we don't like it. And it, we were already downsized back down to 600 square feet with the sun, with our animals, you know, like ready. And knowing that about the 300 square feet benchmark is um, good for us. We think like about a hundred square feet per person mm is really great. I feel like that's a really great way to look at things and making sure every single human has private space because I am an introvert. I like quiet. And by quiet, I mean silent. Like (laughs) Like nothing, yeah. I desire nothingness. And and (laughs) I'm not gonna act like that, no. So like even in this space, making sure that at some point we can find that nothingness is important. So everybody's got their bedroom. There's the living room area. There's a music nook. There's the kitchen. There's the bathroom. There's the porch. But really, if you want to live tiny outside, that's what's important. What do you have where you can go escape? Because even in your home, like, at what point don't you want to go outside and, and just take a breather? Cause you just yeah. can't, you don't want to look at the clothes. You don't want to do whatever it is. And so like, just saying like, Hey, like we actually don't need to have a 2000 square foot house. Like we thought we did when we first started out as parents, because yeah. that's what it was. It was, well, we need to have these extra rooms for all this stuff. But I think when you look at what you need and that's very, it varies per person, right? Like for sure, for sure. every human has a different need. So like figuring out what tiny means for Melinda and family is different for tiny for a Syrian family, because you might need 800 square feet. And that is still very small for a three piece family with an animal in Los Angeles, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So I think perspective on living tiny is, is pretty important on figuring out what size you can do and how it makes sense. So for your husband, so how long have you guys been together? We will be married 10 years in December. Us too. What, what, what's your wedding anniversary? December 3rd. Oh my gosh, that's December 20th. Oh my God, what is it? Yeah, I have to look behind me. There's a picture my behind brain, me. I'm like, I don't even remember my freaking wedding anniversary. <laughs> I have a, there's a picture right here and I looked because the anniversary is on it. I was like, yeah, December Let me gotta double check. Look, let me tell you, the mom brain is a real thing okay i in the last year i always look at sienna i'm like you stripped everything from me. i love her not- dry i love them the little cute chocolate drops but listen i don't have nothing left <laughs> nothing i'll be standing i'll go to, it's like those you go to the room and they're like what the hell did i come into this room no for? idea i know same so i had to like double check i'm like when did we get married again okay so was he also interested in you know sustainability and holistic living or is that something that you guys kind of figured out together did you influence him or you know because you're very lucky to find somebody that is also wanting to be a part of this with you it's been a journey for him I've been this way for over 15 years and so for Patrick and I look girl I am serious about people being on their path on their own time you cannot force uh, things you know especially when it comes to how people care for their bodies and how people view their wellness and how people view their personal rituals and what 
um, works for them, you know? Yeah. So Patrick is now plant-based as well when he was meat, he was steak and potatoes. Like, this is an <laughs> Iowa-born opposite. <laughs> like, I need a steak with a side of steak, a surf and turf for the appetite. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so it's definitely been a journey for him. And even just this past weekend, we were talking, and um, he mentioned, he's like, you don't know what you, you don't know. And so if you see someone who's doing their own shit, living their path and you start to realize, well, I'd like, I'd like some of that too. I want to feel good. I want to, I want to feel like that. I want to go dance and plants. I guess that's good. So let me go try to dance. And feel plants. <laughs> and so it's just been a, it's been an ongoing journey for him. And I do feel very lucky because even in the times when we had less, um, I'll say, I guess, less in common when it came to how we cared for our, our personal wellness, yeah. um, we were still able to to be side by side on our path. And I wasn't trying to be like, yo, you can't eat that. Like, <laughs> right. like when it, it's, it's just not the way. So yeah. I do feel, I feel very blessed. Patrick, when I first mentioned starting a farm to him, he was like, have fun like he's like i support you <laughs> he's like you're gonna do great i was like you don't want in on this like this doesn't sound great to you i'm like and he's like no i'll bid you i'll build you whatever you need but he and he okay so he has severe allergies mm. he's an epi pen carrier he's got asthma and so these are all things that when we were in the midwest being outside for extend, extended period of times it was it was a hard pass for him for out sure. here our environment is so different he uses in his his inhaler once every couple months. Mm. It's not even the same, Melinda. Like it, it, it's such a different experience. So now that he has the freedom to breathe and to be outside and to actually interact with nature in a way that does, doesn't cause him harm, yeah. he has a different perspective. And so he's very much shifted towards the path that I'm on because it it, it aligns with him. I love that. That's I mean that's gotta also be. I guess not just comforting, but kind of like it just, you guys are finally aligned in the same thing. So it's kind of easier for your journey now, you know? Oh, yes. Yes. And I've had not that before. Yeah. <laughs> I've had not aligned relationships. Ooh, girl, so, that's like, a different podcast and a different yeah. conversation. <laughs> so when you do have that, it's, it's very special and you yeah. do recognize it quickly and you honor that because it's so, it's so important, you know? Yeah. So I know you mentioned that there are people in the BIPOC community that are involved in, in farming and holistic and wellness. And I wish I knew more of our community that were involved. So how did you discover that there was a big BIPOC community within wellness and sustainability? So when I decided to ditch Facebook, <laughs> which we will get to, <laughs> I I literally looked up hashtags. Like I looked up hashtag black farmers mm. and I did a Google search because I was like, if there's not a black female gardening community or a black female identifying gardening community, I'm going to start the shit. Cause this, this is ridiculous. I need more people who are like me because where they're, they have to be there. I found black girls with gardens, please, please, please as fast as you can look up black girls with gardens, Facebook, Instagram, www. <laughs> okay. 
Black Girls with Gardens and uh, Ron Finley. With those two, honestly, those two catalysts right there were almost everything I needed to feel like, hey, our community is here and strong. And Ron Finley's Los Angeles based, so it's mm-hmm. even better. And he is such a wonderful human. He's so willing to help. He's so willing to educate, mentor, be there for you. He's got a master class, actual on master class, all about urban growing. And I think if we look for us, we'll find us. And I think that because we're often so put in the shadows, we're so loud and proud on Instagram, but even we can't find us. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I just think the more we talk to each other, the more we dialogue, the more we share what we know, you know, the the easier it is to find one another and to connect because there is there is cool stuff happening where Creative Arts Farm is partnered with a black female owned farmers market that only hosts BIPOC growers and farmers and small businesses. And so for us, that is so important because mm. I I'm like, I'm not giving my food to just anybody. I'm growing this food. I'm growing this food for my communities. So right. No, but that's you know? so special. And and being able to pay it forward and give back in that way in yeah. ways to support each other. It's huge. It's just it, it is. really is a big deal. It is. It is. We're stronger together in so many different ways, be it agriculture, whether it's music, parenting, like it's um it's so important to be yes. there for one another. Absolutely. Before we get to you leaving Facebook, does your sustainability also extend to like waste, like general waste as well? Yes. Yes. That, so we compost, we yeah. recycle. That's we're tough. partially. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, so like, I really commend you. <laughs> you can do it though. Like start small. You know what I'm saying? So instead of like getting a big compost tumbler, save your veggie scraps and start making soup stock. Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize like how many little ways that you could be saving or reusing your waste that you're not. Save your coffee grounds for your house plants. Like right, anything, right. I I just small matters, small small amounts of plant matter, it adds up, you know, even yeah. even if it's just a little bit. Shower one hardest, day less a week. What was the Save hardest one. thing for you though, in terms of sustainability to like really figure out and master? So paper products, mm. paper towels, and like, and you think you need it for sure. <clears throat> so I would say the things I grew up with cleaning bleach, paper towels, um, that kind of stuff that I feel like my grandmother, you bleach everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? You soak yeah. this thing in bleach and then you soak this, like, so letting go of re- realizing I don't need to use paper towels for like, hold on. So I have all these kinds of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just little reusable uh, terry cloths. So this is what we use instead of paper towels. It's what we use instead of uh, using like a, a dish towel or get bamboo reusable paper towels. Paper products, I think that's like, that's it's like, at the top yeah. of the list for a lot of people. Because yeah. nobody wants like shady toilet paper. Nobody wants to be to do more laundry because they're washing paper towels. Or if you have kids cleaning up spills over and over and over. Paper towels are nice. So paper products, I think um, that that was a tough one to like really phase out. And we still use paper towels, but not in an excess. You know what I mean? Yeah. You keep one yeah, thing yeah, of paper yeah. towels and bleach around and it lasts all year because you don't use it like you normally For do. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we tried to, with the like toilet paper, just like buying the cheap toilet paper. I can't. 
I'm I cannot scamp on nope. toilet paper because when it disintegrates, when you try nope. to wipe yourself, I'm nope. like. <laughs> and my work. husband, he, I'm like, don't worry about how much paper towel, put toilet paper I'm using. You do not know I'm using as much toilet paper. <laughs> I'm telling you, I will wrap. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm serious about shooting toilet paper. That's it's not happening. Hilarious. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I'm glad that we're in alignment on that. Okay. But let's yeah. talk about you, you leaving Facebook. Cause I know that we have had personal conversations about this a little bit and yeah. I completely agree. And obviously I've built a following conversations on Facebook. So I wish that I could leave, but I, I really legitimately can't. I take breaks, but I can't leave it. But you made the decision to only come on to social media to run your Facebook groups that you, yeah. you are the administrator for. So what, uh, I guess, made you make that decision? Anything specific that happened? People get on my nerves. <laughs> okay, and, and thank you, Siri. That's the end. No. <laughs> simple answer but it's so true people are annoying on social media oh my gosh i'm like y'all are the most don't have enough to do uneducated i just can't people and so i got to a point where i was like what am i using this for and am i scrolling mindfully because that's really my alignment is how does every everything girl like how does this how does this water contribute to to my well-being like where did it come from and so like when i scaled back and looked at my interactions i'm like well my most precious communities are communities cultivated out of wellness it's my plant groups it's my mom's group so like that's really all i need this platform for and people can join me on instagram where it's like plants and black power if they want to but it's 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 not the same level of ignorance it's almost like my my personal facebook community is a lot of people i've grown up with my whole life and so i think when you grow up with people uh your whole life i should let me rephrase that when you are within the same space as the same people your whole life you don't grow up the same (laughs) and part yep Yeah. And you also don't know what people's familial and personal values are on a personal level. If you've known them your whole life and you just know people, right? So I have a lot of people I know, but that, that I, their values don't, don't resonate with me. And so when I looked at how I'm living my life, what's my, my, my calling and how am I interacting with all living beings? I just felt like if you're not actively dismantling white supremacy, if you are not actively working on your personal wellness and health and like checking yourself, your personal boundaries, looking at what's your traumas that you're perpetuating, that you should let that shit go. Like, what are you really doing? I looked at that list. I was like, I'm good. Like I'm going to have to go, you know? And no shade, not trying to hurt people's feelings, but it's like, y'all are dumb. Like, are you really interacting on, on these internets where people can see this until the end of time in such ignorant ways? Yo, at Siri Larice on Instagram for pictures of tree collards and black history. You oh my God. But you know, I love that you made that decision because it does fit into your whole ethos of like, what do I need? And you didn't, need yeah. it. you didn't need it. And I get that. I, I, I absolutely get it. I think that social media as a whole is a blessing and a curse because one, 
you see the blessing of the communities that you've built on Facebook and all these moms and, and with holistic living and with, you know, you sharing like recipes. I love some of the recipes you share in the mama meals group that you have, but then on the other side of it, it's just nasty and ugly and you, there's nothing to gain from that aspect of it. So I love that you have found a balance and something that works for you, your lifestyle. Also, it's not even just about your, your physical health. It's your mental health. You Girl, know? I wasn't recovering from that shit. Right, right. Hard to recover. I saw my grandfather's wife had posted some Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. My grandpa's blackity black. She is white. And I, I looked at that and I crumbled, Melinda. It was like, it was like, I, I would say that was probably like the cherry on top of the Facebook like shit show Sunday yeah, where I was yeah. just like, you know what? Because it made me look at it made me like evaluate my grandpa's perspective. I'm like, yeah. yo, that's your wife. And you're a black man in this here, black America, you're 70 plus years old. And your wife is saying, you don't matter, dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. so I looked at that and I, and girl, I tell you, and I say this with love, I do not fuck with people whose energies are not within alignment with humanity, whose mm. people aren't pro-humanity. I do not bloodline. I don't care if you were the first person I laid my eyes on with love, the boundary stands. Yeah. It does yeah. has to, you know? But you have to set that boundary. And I think the problem is why we're still here is that a lot of people are afraid to make that, you know, make that declaration. Like, yeah. hey, if you on this side of history, if you aren't caring about people, if you are not making this decision, if you're not standing up for my black brothers and sisters, like, I don't want to mess with you. It's more about people's comfort than actually doing what's right. And I've yeah. seen that for sure. Now, you know me. And when you were on Facebook, you saw that I don't give a shit. And I will say whatever. I'll call people out. But I do. I try to do it with love. Now, there is a line for me where I either will stop talking to you or I'll, I'll get really tense. But I try to do it with love. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. And I, I respect you for making that decision for yourself because it is something that is very hard to weigh because social media, they know how to get you pulled in and get you addicted. And they, they know they do everything they can to try to keep you there, but they do not do anything to make it a better experience. No, at all. At yeah. all. I fully, fully agree. That fully yeah. resonates. And I think even as we scroll our feeds and how the quote unquote algorithm works and what pops up and what doesn't, you know, I, mm -hmm. I think, um, I think that's very true. Very, yeah. very true. Yeah. Well, Siri, I am, I'm just in awe of, of how you live and the energy that you have. I mean, that's why we've been friends for such a long time because we do align in that sense. Um, but please tell everybody how they can learn more about Creative Arts Farms and follow everything that you're doing. Great. So you can find me at Siri Larice, S-I-R-I-L-O-R-E-C-E, -E, or at Creative Arts Farm, uh, www.creativeartsfarm, www.sirilarice.com, <laughs> all those places. You can sign up for my sustainability and self-care newsletter. It's free. I give behind-the-scenes tours of my tiny house. I talk all about how to live sustainably. I talk about how to interact with communities safely and sustainably and share all kinds of bonus content on behind the scenes music and yoga. Um, I'm all over Instagram almost daily. 
Love it. I'm going to sign up for that newsletter because I need to see everything. Girl, it's so good. It's so good. It's like my favorite. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. It's audio and visual. So there's an audio portion um, where I either offer sound healing or I'll do like a mini podcast of my main podcast version and talk Mm -hmm. about uh, sustainable living or ways to um, incorporate safe self-care into your daily life and stuff. It's it's my favorite offer. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Please follow Siri and Creative Arts Farm and make sure you subscribe to We Need to Talk and we'll talk to you again real soon. Bye.